Thanks for joining us for this episode. And before we get started, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more about any guest featured in this episode or access any content or resources discussed, be sure to check out the show notes in the episode description. We hope today's episode increases truth and inspires hope in the lives of your church, your business, your family, and beyond. Welcome to the Must Increase Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Must Increase Podcast. I am your host, Luke Clayton, and today I am joined by Zach Friedrich. Zach, uh, welcome. Actually, well, yeah, this is this is going to be your first time officially published on the podcast, but you've been featured in a recording, which will probably be released in the future of uh, a conversation I had with you and a couple of other guys. But for the sake of our audience, this is the first time. So well, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And today we are diving into um, some movie reviews and previews uh, of what's coming up. Uh, I haven't done this in a couple of months. Uh, and so because really, we kind of went through a dry spell there, there wasn't a lot coming out, we had our kind of summer boom of movies, uh, you know, Mission Impossible, uh, Sound of Freedom, uh, New Indiana Jones, Fast and Furious, I'm not saying all these were great. These are just ones that happened. Uh, and then we kind of hit a little bit of a lull there. We had a few here and there. Um, I never saw the Barbie movie, never got into the hype, you know, Um, so not much to say on that one. Uh, but, uh, now we have had a a few new, uh, I would say pretty decent things worth reviewing as well as some series or actually one particular new series to talk about. And so I'm looking forward to getting into that today. So, uh, Zach, unless you have some like introductory thoughts, I'm going to just dive right in. I'm actually surprised you didn't go see the Barbie movie because I feel like that would have been right up your alley. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like, aren't you, aren't you a girl dad? I feel like all the girl dads are supposed to go see that movie this year. I, yeah, I am. And, um, you know, but for all the different reasons of the fact that I heard that it's not truly a kid's movie, I was like, I'm not taking my daughter to see this. I yeah. mean, you know, that was, uh, I'm not saying now that it's, I think it's going to be streaming somewhere soon. So I might watch it, but it's like, what I don't studio know. Go put to- that out put that out i believe it was warner brothers so it'll probably be streaming on max or um i don't know who knows i don't really care but hey once it's once it's streaming warner brothers pick that is so weird because you have the dark ruby batman and then you have like the 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 zack snyder cut justice league and then you have um they did um i think it was like pennyworth which is like pretty much a uh prequel of alfred pennyworth sliced before he got involved and all of that's like dark and stuff because it's like right after world war one and they're just coming back from the war and all that stuff and then you have barbie it's just like i warner brothers was not one of the ones where i'm like oh yeah that's warner brothers studio film like i thought like paramount or or uh universal or something like that and then you threw like you know the same people that do like hbo and all that stuff like yeah well they um they definitely first of all put their uh uh spin on it that you would maybe expect from 
something like that. I mean, again, I haven't seen it, but I've heard enough about it to know that uh, it wasn't, again, exactly a kid-friendly movie um, and whatnot. And I'm not going to get into all that. You know, some there are some people equally, they're, they're each equally convinced. Some are convinced that it's feminist propaganda. Others are convinced that it's actually an anti-feminist film uh, type of, uh, I guess, called a parody or something like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll make my own determination of it if I decide to see it at some point. But they did make a lot of money off of it. And there is kind of this rumor out there that Warner Brothers did this on purpose because they released the same uh, weekend as Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer uh, was put out by Universal. It's Christopher Nolan's latest film. Christopher Nolan, this is the first time since uh, the whatever film he did before the Dark Knight trilogy, I can't, I think it was The Prestige. It's the first time in 20 years that he has released a film with any other studio other than Warner Brothers uh, because he got up in arms back when Warner Brothers decided to simultaneously, during the COVID era, they were releasing their films the same day in theaters and releasing them on HBO max the same day to try to boost streaming uh, numbers. Nolan didn't like that. So he said, fine, I'm done with you. He moved over to universal. Uh, And so it's a rumor. Part of the rumor out there is that, yeah, uh, uh, Warner brothers did this to kind of spite him and they did technically win. Uh, Barbie did win the box office overall that opening weekend and overall over Oppenheimer. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. That's so weird. Like, if if you were to tell me, like, even, like, a year ago, but, like, go back, like, five, six years ago, um, when, like, uh, you have Dunkirk just comes out, right, in 2017 and just absolutely mm-hmm. kills it, and you tell me that the director of that movie is going to lose Box Office Weekend to a Barbie movie, I would have laughed you silly and just left. Like, no yep. way. No way. Yep. But here's the thing. Uh, two things. First of all, and we're spending a lot more time talking about Barbie th- than I thought we would because I haven't seen it. But hey, you know what? This, this is good. This is good content. Um, the first of all, Barbie did an incredible job marketing. Uh, Barbie led you to believe in their marketing that it was, in fact, a kid friendly movie that every, you know, little girl of or girls of all ages should go see. And then apparently when you show up and you start watching it, you're like, okay, this is a lot more adult in terms of its content. Um, Secondly, though, Christopher Nolan, uh, I saw Oppenheimer uh, and I haven't officially reviewed it and I'm not going to uh, simply because um, it's a rated R film um, and it's an it's what I would call an unnecessarily rated R film. There is uh, there are two or three questionable scenes um, that are sensual in nature. That's all I'll say about that. That are completely unnecessary to the story. Um, and that is what caused it to get a rated R rating. Um, I, I really do believe, and cause here's what happens when your movie is rated R, you limit your audience because now legally there is a limitation on who can see it. Um, and, uh, and so I really do believe that if Nolan would have just stuck to what he's done the past, again, 20 years, I just made PG 13, I baited a PG 13 movie that he would have at least gotten closer, if not exceeded Barbie at the box office. So I, I really think he hurt himself by going the rated R route. And, and I, 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 I don't really understand. I mean, I've heard all the things of like, he's just trying to prove that he can be gritty and whatever, but really at the end of the day, it was just like a handful, like I said, two or three scenes uh, and, you know, a few extra 
uh, uh, wor choice words in terms of language used in the script that could have very easily been omitted uh, and, he, and he got in that PG-13 rating. Anyways, I digress on that. Um, that's, that's, uh, he still made a lot of money and he's a multimillionaire and he'll make an awesome movie again at some point. So, um, let's talk though about what I have seen, uh, and kind of get into that. So the, the latest or the first one that I'm going to go over, and I'm not going to try to take a lot of time on, uh, on any one of these necessarily. Uh, but Zach, if you have any, if you saw it or have any questions about it, feel free to dive in. The first one is Gran Turismo. Um, and this is a, uh, first of all, uh, I'll go out. I'll go and say better than I expected. Uh, not the not the best movie I've ever seen, but I, I will say I like a good uh, racing movie. Uh, if nothing else, for the visuals and the sound, uh, which was incredible. Uh, did you ever see Ford versus Ferrari? Came out a couple years ago. Two, well, probably three or four years ago at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. My so my wife doesn't really like the racing movies. He loves that. There's there's that one yeah. in Rush. I don't know if you've seen Rush. That's another good read. I've actually not seen Rush, but I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah, but Ford versus Ferrari, I watched it and and I'm just like, this was a lot better than I expected because you watch most racing movies, and it's either really bad acting covered with really cool like scenes like car chase scenes or racing scenes, or you get Fast mm -hmm. and Furious launching their car to space because. They have run out of ideas. So those are like kind of the two. So, so yeah. Ford and Ferrari is like, wow, this is actually pretty legit. This is really good. Like, but I mean, that's probably yeah. just Christian Bale. And you have a star study cast and Matt Damon and, and everyone else. Is just like, John Bernthal is in there. One of my favorite actors to yep. watch. Like you just get him in there and, and, and he's cooking. And I, I think like you've had that core together, but then whoever did the, uh, whoever did the writing and, uh, and the directing on really actually make a movie instead of five minutes of dialogue and then racing 20 minutes know what i mean yeah exactly yeah and i really uh did enjoy that and, and one of the reasons i like a movie like that and this is why i like gran turismo is there's something about the sound design of a racing movie you know that really you know you got that when those just especially if you watch it in you know like I, uh, the theater here in my town now has one of these, uh, Dolby cinema, um, uh, theaters and it's, they try to make a big deal of the picture quality. Uh, it's good. Um, but really they're, they're, they're trying to be, I think they're trying to compete to some degree with IMAX. It's not 3d. Um, but they're trying to compete in that way. But I will say the sound definitely rivals IMAX if doesn't maybe exceed it a little bit because it's Dolby. Uh, so whenever I, I saw it in, in the Dolby, you know, theater uh, that they have here in, in my, my town, and it was just the, the surround sound, the sound design was awesome. So that part was cool. And I do enjoy the story because this is based on a true story. And I had no idea this was even a thing, but Gran Turismo, well, of course I knew the game. I remember playing it a little bit on PS2 back in the day. Um, and, you know, essentially it was designed not to be a racing game as much as it is a racing simulator. And so uh, some, uh, the, the Jap some Japanese guy, you know, created it and that was his main focus. And so he designed it not necessarily to be played, although it could be not to be played on a handheld controller, but to be played with like a steering wheel and pedals and like a setup, um, a whole, and, and so that's kind of the story is there's a, there's a guy who's a gamer 
He's gotten really good at the game, Gran Turismo. All the tracks are real. They're real, actual racing tracks. Um, and this gamer has gotten really good at it. And Nissan has this idea to have a, for marketing reasons, to have a competition amongst gamers to actually bring them into the real world of racing. And that's essentially what's happening here is following the guy who won that competition and actually became a racer. And uh, spoiler alert, but it's a true story. So whatever, and it's been out long enough. The, kind of the big climax of it is they placed in the 24 hours of Le Mans, the same race that's featured in Ford versus Ferrari. They placed uh, the, the gamers team, because uh, he was one of, of three, their team places uh, they get third place. So they platform at uh, the the 24 hours of Le Mans there in France. Uh, and they were gamers. Like they started as gamers. So it, it's, it's a really cool story. Again, the racing uh, um, uh, the racing sequences are really cool. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Again, much better than I expected. I enjoyed, uh, you know, just kind of seeing that in the theater. It's one of those, like, I don't know, watching it at home would be fine. You know, again, it's engaged. The, the story itself rather is compelling enough. But uh, seeing it in the theater was definitely an experience. So I did enjoy uh, Gran Turismo there. Um, Zach, and, and I, I, don't th- I think you already said you never actually saw it, right? No, I've seen, I've seen the trailer. Um, just really, I was kind of on the opposite. I'm like, I think I'll just stream that one. Um, mainly because I was like, another, another car movie is, you know, just going to be kind of, you know, I don't really have anything else to watch. I'm just gonna watch yeah. it at home. Don't really need to go see the theater. Kind of, kind of mad that I didn't know because you're talking about the sounds and everything. And I'm like, you need to experience that in full surround sound in a movie theater and all that stuff. Uh, what I really like from the yeah. trailer though is that you're right. They use real racetracks, and I can recognize them like, immediately. And I'm like, oh, that's Red Bull Ring in Austin. Like that's crazy. And Ooh. the other cool thing is that, yeah. um. You hear this, so whenever you hear about like based on a true story, like you, uh, I know it's getting a lot of flack now, but you know, you remember the the blind side, and they're like based on a true yeah. story, and it's like, well, it's based on a true story, but that's not really a familiar enough thing that people could be like resonate with it, you know? It's like, oh, it's cool. That the... Gran Turismo mm-hmm. is like literally you have motorsport stars in NASCAR that have gone this same exact route. So Dale Earnhardt Jr. runs Junior Motorsports. And um, this was mm-hmm. like probably either pre-COVID or right around COVID where he was hopping on the the simulator. They do iRacing and hopping on the simulator racing with other mm-hmm. guys. And he actually hired a couple of drivers for his NASCAR team in, in kind of the development series, the Xfinity series to race for his team in actual race and they're winning champions and so yeah. it's like not only yeah. is this like a real thing but it's also still happening you know like there's actual proof yeah. that it's not like oh that would be really cool it's like no like people have gone from racing simulators to winning like actual racing championships in real life in a real race car which is really awesome because it's like you tell yeah. people that and then they're just like oh that sounds kind of cool it's like no, they made a movie about how it's a hundred percent true. I know. Yeah. And I think this is the first, I think this, if I remember right, they, they were saying this is the first time it's happened that it happened. And they kind of introduced this as this is actually a viable way to find right. new racing talent. Um, and, and it is, it is really cool. And another cool tidbit, they showed this at the end uh, during the credits 
the um the guy who obviously it's an actor portraying you know and i can't even remember the guy's name now uh actor portraying you know the main character the the, the, the real guy but the real guy whoever he is again i cannot remember his name i should have looked that up before we started but he um he actually was the stunt driver for himself for the guy portraying him so he's actually racing and driving the cars and and anyway so yeah i think it's the backstory to all of that that makes it even more fascinating um and like i said it just was an enjoyable watch i definitely you know i, I left the theater and was like hey i definitely enjoyed that i didn't feel like a waste of my time or anything so really did like gran turismo um so the next one uh that i saw and actually i just saw this uh at time of recording uh two days ago monday um so earlier this week at time of we released this i saw this uh on monday uh this past monday uh is the creator um now the creator the premise is this to, so first of all the creator to me is the movie that nolan should have made you know what i'm saying like he made oppenheimer was fine in terms of it's a biopic it's a drama there's no action there's really it's just the acting is fantastic um, the story is interesting. It's three hours long. That's my only strike against it. Uh, and the fact that it's rated R for unnecessary reasons, but, um, it, it's not a typical Nolan pick. It's not like a, um, you know, this trippy story, sci-fi, you know, messing with time, the things that he usually does. The creator kind of is like, that's why I say the creator to me seems like the film that Nolan should have made this year. Um, so the uh, the premise is this, is that it's fast forwarding in the future, 50, 60 years, and there is AI uh, that's now being used uh, or is now being developed to a point to where it's essentially their version of Terminator um, or eh, well, I was about to say um, the Matrix, but not really because the Matrix is the simulation. But anyways, so it's their version kind of, of t Terminator where the machines get so intelligent to where it's a man versus machine type of situation. Uh, and so that's, uh, you know, not an original premise, but I think it is an original approach and it's an original film uh, or story concept. Um, it's at least the most original I've seen in a while. Cause we're living in a, an era now in terms of what we're seeing in movies where things are being, uh, I, we're just seeing spinoffs, we're seeing sequels, we're seeing comic book, you know, uh, seems like remake after remake, reboot after reboot. And so it was nice to see an original story, um, even if the premise is somewhat based on, you know, something unoriginal, again, kind of like man versus machines, not something I haven't seen before. But um, so the idea is this, without trying to spoil it too much, is that the uh, the, the, the world of AI, they, they are, and they're specifically calling it AI. They're referring it to AI, artificial intelligence throughout, not just machines. Um, the world of AI has developed to a point to where again, it's self-aware, uh, and they're making like robots that are, you know, function and act like human beings. They even are making them look like human beings to some degree, but something happens early on and, uh, you know, the, uh, they, they introduced this like in the opening sequence of the movie where a nuclear warhead is set off supposedly by AI in Los Angeles, wipes out, you know, millions of people, kills millions of people instantly. And so the West declares war on AI. So America and Western civilization goes complete anti-AI while Asia fully embraces it. And so essentially it's the West versus the East humans versus humans and AI. And so it's an interesting premise. Here's um, what I don't like about it. 
overall. This is, and this is this is the same thing I don't like about something like Avatar, other than the fact that I think Avatar is kind of stupid. Um, but Avatar and this share this in that they make the villain out to be human beings and specifically American human beings and specifically the American military. I don't like that. I hate that. I hate seeing that in Avatar, especially Avatar, the first Avatar. The Marines are the bad guys. I don't like that. I guess I'm just too patriotic and American and and whatever you want to call it, traditional. I don't like seeing that and that portrayal. And that's definitely what this winds up being. In fact, the, the kind of the ending of the matter, if you will, the conclusion of the matter of the creator is that this in this world, AI has developed to the point to where it is equal with human and we need to accept that. Don't like that. Don't. So uh, just from a moral perspective, don't like it. Uh, now, if I can set all of that aside, I like everything else. Um, I like the, uh, I like the, the, again, I think it's an original story. I, I like the, the acting it's John David Washington, the same guy who was in Tenet, uh, son of Denzel Washington. He's a really good actor, um, good action, amazing CG. Here's the thing. And this is, I thought found really incredible. Um, they made this film. It's, it's what you would, I mean, it's, it's a lot of action, a lot of, like I said, CGI sci-fi, they made this film on an $80 million budget, which is crazy when you think about it, because typically a movie like this is going to be double that, if not more. Um, and so uh, the fact that they were able to do that uh, is impressive and in and of itself. Um, and like I said, I like the originality of it. But again, I do not like the, the overall message, which is, again, uh, American military is bad. Uh, and, you know, I guess we're all supposed to accept AI and machines and treat them as equals if this time ever comes. No, thank you. Um, so but I, and I will say overall, all that other stuff aside, while I didn't hate the story, didn't hate the action in it, I kind of was expecting more. And I'm already reading that um, the creator is not doing so well at the box office. And I think a lot of that, though, actually has to do with marketing. Their marketing was not great. In fact, it, I didn't hear about this until maybe two weeks ago. And this is the type of film, again, just based on the nature of it, they kind of going for this blockbuster feel. Uh, feel. Uh, this is something where I would expect you'd be marketing about this, you know, months out but I, I don't think they did a great job marketing it. So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hate everything about it. There are definitely parts I didn't like. Is it worth a watch? It is a cool watch in the theater. Again, cool sound design, good visuals. Um, but you know, you could easily stream it at home and, and, you know, probably somewhat satisfied if you have a decent flat screen TV and a sound bar. Yeah. When you first told me about it, um, I, I didn't see anything. Uh, didn't see any trailers for it or whatever. Um, like you said, like their marketing, like usually like you watch, you watch YouTube or any videos, like probably, I don't know, one out of every 60 or 20 in yeah, uh, trailer or something like that. I didn't see anything. So when he first told me about it, I'm like, oh, you just said like, I'm gonna go watch the trailer. And I'm like, oh, this sounds like a very like, you know, kind of stereotypical Christian movie. That sounds fun. Like, well, you go see that. You know, like <laughs> like uh, like the chosen or uh, fireproof, whatever. I'm like, hey man, like not really my jam. It's like most of the time they don't get it right, so I'm not gonna waste yeah. my time. Because what's gonna happen is that they're gonna do something wrong, and or get like try to get creative with it, but go against what the real story is, and then my brain can kick out, and then I'm not gonna be able to focus on the rest of the movie because I'm like, oh, they did this wrong. 
They did around. That's what that's what happened. I know this isn't on yeah. your list, but that's what happened with Secret Invasion because um, I I I had the audio book of the of the graphic novel Secret Invasion, and I'm listening to it. And I know they're adapting it for mm-hmm. the the MCU. That is what it is now. But I'm like, man, there's a lot wrong. Uh, we don't have mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four in it, which uh, Reed Richards plays a huge part in it. And Iron Man is like really the mm-hmm. one that sets everything off, quote unquote, Iron Man. He's actual a scroll in disguise taking over his identity and all that stuff. He's the one that really sets everything off. And I'm like, well, Tony Stark's dead. Uh, Disney doesn't have the rights to Fantastic Four, so they can't yeah. come in the scene. And uh, so I'm like, this is just kind of going to yeah. be a bootleg secret invasion. It's the same premise and everything, but like, again, I'm like, oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I don't really, you know, this is this is kind of good. So you said that you said yeah. the the creator. I'm like, you know what? You have fun with it and go watch it. And totally didn't know it was like AI related at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's made by uh, I can't remember who the um. I cannot remember now who the main distributor is, but I mean, it's one of the big studios. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it's not, yeah, the creator, it's not, uh, cause the idea is that they, they're going after like America is looking to destroy the master creator of their AI. Um, and who has become kind of like this godlike figure in, in, you know, the Eastern Asia world or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah not, not, uh, Christian at all. <laughs> um, but, uh, again, I don't know something that, um, it was okay. Like I said, I'm, it's, it's one of the better movies I've seen in in a while. I don't know. I'm trying to even say if that's a true statement. I mean, I guess it's the best movie I've seen in the past month. Uh, definitely yeah. better than the uh, next well, movie I mean, I'm about that, to That's from your so, standpoint. I'm okay. scared the you know, target audience about... would be like, no, no, the creators, um, our movies. Yeah. Yeah, well, and if we're going by the box office, the next movie that yeah. I saw actually beat the creator out. So, uh, And that is the uh, Paw Patrol, the Mighty movie. Just took my daughter to see this. Uh, actually, I went to see the creator on Monday. Took her to see this on Tuesday after I got her from school. Um, you know what? It's Paw Patrol. Um, I I saw the first. Took her to see the first Paw Patrol movie uh, a few years ago. So I thought, here we go. Um, you know, yeah. I don't want to spend a lot of time reviewing it if I'm honest, Paw- because it is. If you've ever watched your kids watch Paw Patrol, um, you know it is Paw Patrol, and so. Uh, you know, ever since Bluey came out, there is no kids show that I can tolerate. I like Bluey is so awesome. I'm waiting I for like the Bluey, Bluey movie. I, Bluey I, I, movie I like comes Bluey. out. Bluey. Yeah. I don't know. It's yes. just, they, I like that they incorporate Australian vernacular into it and, and they do it in like a funny way. So it's like, oh, that's yes. great. That's so cute. But it's also not the, it's not the stereotypical yeah. kids show well, it, where it's like, oh, Everything has to be right and all this and all that. It's like it it honestly feels like you just kind of took uh, a dad's story of how his day went and then you just made it into animated doc. Yeah, that's actually a good way of putting it because uh, their storylines of each little episode is is almost they're they're really creative in their writing and brilliant in their writing because they make it in a way to where it really does appeal to an adult. And there's always this like almost always this deep underlying theme that in some ways right. at times can be maybe even dark and heavy, um, but they have a way of of like communicating it and whatever. And yeah, so Bluey uh, is fantastic. Paw Patrol the movie, Mighty the Mighty movie. Okay, I mean here, here's the summer the summary of it. Uh, a meteor comes from space, gives the dog superpowers. There you go. That's what happens. Uh, so you know, my daughter liked it. Um, you know, that's what it was about. It was about a daddy daughter date and we succeeded. 
in that. Um, you know, but when it comes out on Paramount Plus streaming, which it probably will in the next month, you know, if you got a kid old enough to watch it, they'll probably appreciate it. It's not woke yeah. though. I do appreciate that. There's no woke garbage throughout it. There's no little subliminal messaging um, or anything like that. There, there's one moment where I think they're making a yeah. dig at Trump, but I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, who cares? Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was Paw Patrol. Now let's talk about streaming for a minute. And this isn't on my list, but you brought it up. I'm going to circle back to it briefly uh, because it was that forgettable for me. And that was right, the Secret right, Invasion on. series. I, I, I had really honest. high hopes I'm for about that. two and a half um, episodes in. So don't get, I, I'm way behind, bro. I'm way behind. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you are. Because that um, came out like that, June. That was one of those things um, where it's like or, it came July, out. Maybe. And then uh, I just really, I didn't have, I didn't have uh, Disney Plus or whatever. So I'm like, eh, not really important to me. Dis or Disney also had the track uh, okay. record that everything after Loki season one, all the series they had was pretty much garbage. So I saw, I saw, um, uh, what the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I was like, okay, this one's Falcon Winter good. Soldier. Yeah. I think I think what they did is that they set the bar so high with WandaVision that Loki comes out and sets the bar higher. So now anything else that doesn't match even WandaVision, people are gonna be like, eh, I don't really care for it. Which is what like I honestly. So they also did this thing where it's like, yeah. They, and, and this is where, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I actually didn't watch the entire last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, but they got to the point where it's like, yeah, Captain's dead, so we're just going to follow the comic storyline, and now Anthony Mackie's character is going to take the mantle. He's going to become... And, and as soon as it was like, okay, that's pretty predictable. I, I really don't really need to see the rest of this. They're going to fight. The bad guys are going to be vanquished. He's going to pick up the mantle. And they're probably not going to use them because that's what they keep doing. And that's why, that's why I initially just didn't care about yeah. any of their other series because they did a, a great job of incorporating bits and pieces of WandaVision into um, Doctor Strange and, and, and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse yeah. of Madness is essentially they did a, a very good to job of um, yeah. using Loki to set up um Ant-Man and the Wasp the the one with with yes and so they did a great yeah, job setting which up is the villain actually for sure yeah really like I I didn't realize this I had to go watch Loki a second time where I I I totally forgot at the very end of Loki season 1 hashtag spoiler alert um Kang dies and and then you, you're introduced like there's a whole room of Kang yes. after that and you're like oh yeah duh this happened and so yeah it was that was they used that but then they didn't use anything i think they're using miss marvel to to kind of help you get up to speed when they release the marvels which we're gonna talk about later but any of the other series what if it's like uh like okay i kind of get it like but it's not it to me it's like i'm not gonna watch every episode of what if to see if you use that in your movies it's just not. It's just kind of like a waste of time. There's other series that I'd rather be watching. Yeah. It, well, here's here's my overall opinion of Marvel. Um, everything since Endgame, with the exception of Loki season one and Spider-Man No Way Home, which you can argue that Spider-Man No Way Home doesn't even count because it's technically right. Sony Same with property Venom. that they allow Marvel to piggyback off of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Venom doesn't even 
Well, yeah, they did. He made it. That's the thing. They did that whole weird thing now where there's a multiverse and I don't, I'm not going to get into all that, but um, yeah, basically I I'm of the opinion that everything with the exception of those two Loki season one and, um, and, and Spider-Man, Spider-Man right. no way home, everything since Endgame has been garbage. I, I, I thought WandaVision was okay. I'm not crazy about it. Um, I, it's not that it was yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, she Hulk was bad. Yeah. She Hulk was bad. Uh, just horrible. Um, you know, the Marvels, not impressed. Moon Knight, not impressed. I love Moon um, Knight. I love Moon I don't, Knight. That was good. I, 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 well, here's what they all do, though. Here's what happens with all the Marvel series. Um, almost all of them. They start good and then they just don't finish strong. Like Captain, Captain, uh, um, whatever. Uh, see, and there's too many to keep track of now. The, uh, Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier and, and, and yeah. the other guy. Yeah, that guy. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That one. Um, yeah, yeah, well, he's Captain America I like, now. I like that title better. Yeah. I like that title better. Yeah, he's, Winter Soldier the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's Captain America now, so that's the thing. I'm like, Captain Falcon, America, whatever. Um, but uh, it's it starts good. Like, the first 10 minutes of that series is awesome. Like, in terms of action and whatever, and the setup, the first episode, yeah. great. Yeah. Ending, meh. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, I don't... It just kind of dies. Loki to me is the only one so far that has just been just honestly, it started out when I was like iffy about it, but it ends so strong. And, um, and so I've really enjoyed it, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the circling back to secret invasion, I won't spoil it for you. Now I will say, Zach, I'm not like you. I'm not tracking with the, um, the comics, the original source content. I don't follow any of that. So I don't have a point of reference like that. Um, but again, I mean, I don't want to, uh, yeah. no spoilers, but it is that typical Marvel series with Secret Invasion where it starts strong, but I, I'm not crazy about how it ends. And that's kind of been the story of of Marvel's series thus far, again, with Loki season one being the exception there. Speaking though of shows that start strong and end kind of weakish, Ahsoka uh, is the latest in the Star Wars series. Now, Star Wars... Uh, I'm of the same opinion with Star Wars that I am Marvel. Yeah. Ever yeah. since Disney took over, it's just been on the decline. Um, used to, as a kid, love Star Wars. Here's the sad thing, and I'm not going to get into all this right now, but to me, the prequel or the sequel trilogy, rather, was so bad, uh, especially Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. I, I actually liked um, Force Awakens, but Episode Eight and Episode Nine to me are so bad. They almost retroactively screw up the original trilogy um, because of what they do with Luke Skywalker, uh, right. because like making him out to be just this grumpy old curmudgeon, basically um, you know what they do with Leia, even like, I don't know, like I just, she just, she just wasn't the same. Like, I don't, I don't know, like Han Solo. I love that. They killed him off. I thought that was awesome. Um, I really do. I, 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 I like the, you said all that to say, it, 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 I'm, I've been, I've been had very mixed emotions about all the the uh, series in particular. Mandalorian again started strong. Seasons two and three have been weak. Um, uh, uh, I like the Obi Wan Kenobi series, pretty good. I don't think I've officially reviewed it, but I actually didn't hate it. Um, I I don't think it has yeah. potential for more. I think they're going to try to squeeze more out of it, but I don't think they can. Um, and uh, you know uh, what was the other one? Um, uh, the one about the rogue oh, one guy. Um, um, see, uh, I'm usually really good with remembering Andor. these are. Cassian, Ca or Andor, Andor. Yeah. So he, Andor was good, but here's where it loses me. Rogue One, Andor is based off of, it's a character from Rogue One 
which is based off of a backstory from a new hope. Right. So it's a spinoff of a spinoff and you're just kind of losing me at some point. Um, so Ahsoka actually fits that mold perfectly. Here's the thing. If you're going to watch Ahsoka, did you ever, you talked about what yeah. if in Marvel, I don't get into the animated stuff. I just don't. So, um, even if they consider it Canon, I don't care. So did you ever watch, um, uh, star Wars clone wars animated series or star Wars rebels? Yeah. The, uh, but yeah, but okay. I grew up with that. So that was like, you come home and you watch that on TV and stuff. That was before streaming was yeah. actually a thing where Netflix was still sending stuff out. The DVDs. Mailers they shut down that service, by the way. They've officially DVD. shut down their DVD service as of like a few months ago. I would I would say seven or eight years too late. Like you yeah, should have done that forever right. ago. You know, like when everyone started copying you and started making their own stuff, especially when you had plus this, plus that, plus that, you should have yeah. just killed it that. But yeah, um, the the Clone Wars, like I grew up, like you come home after school, it's on Cartoon Network, you watch. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not like an extra thing that I have to watch. That's why I like, I like the idea of Ahsoka. I like that it's not a live action remake of something mm-hmm. that already happened. It's here's here's a spinoff idea of an mm-hmm. animated series, and instead of doing. Instead of doing it Bad Batch style, which is exactly the same thing as Clone Wars, but now you just have this specific four mm-hmm. group of guys, five group of guys, you're doing it with Ahsoka yeah. live at, which okay. I liked that because I think everybody who grew up in my generation watching that, I think that's yeah. what we all Well, do. and again, I just never got, I was a Star Wars kid through and through, but for whatever reason, I never got into the Clone Wars. Um, and then uh, after the Clone Wars, they did you ever? I, I I don't know if you answered it. Did you watch Star Wars Rebels? Um, that is kind of okay. No. So I will tell you this: since you've seen Clone Wars, that then you're you're going to be somewhat set up. But you really to understand what's going on in Ahsoka, you have to have watched Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels both. So what I did is I oh, found yeah. some guy on YouTube who was willing to summarize it for me in 17 minutes. So I watched that. Um, cause I like I'm it. definitely not going to watch all those series. Uh, so it actually did. He did a good job of hitting the high points and explaining what's going on. I was actually, cause I got probably four episodes in and like, I was like, okay, I'm losing it, man. I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel like I, they're, they're expecting me to know information. Uh, and, and, and so backstories and stuff. So I did, I watched all of the, um, I watched that little summary and that did help. Um, so again, it starts strong around, like I said, episode four, there's just something weird that that happens that gets introduced. And apparently it was introduced in star Wars rebels. I'll just spoil it. it it's space whales that can travel at the speed of light. I know this is sci-fi. I know this is sci-fi. Yeah, that sounds like a star Wars thing. It's so yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I know this is sci-fi. I know this is, um, um, you know, a, a, a world of space wizards that wield laser swords. I know you know, this is, I, I'm trying to accept it, but that was just a little, I was like not <laughs> jumping the shark or I guess jumping the space whale in this case. Yeah. It was just a little too much for me um, in, in the weird category. Uh, so I've tried to remove that. I'm trying to remove that from my mind. I'm like, okay, that, that part, I'm going to give it a pass. I do like Thrawn, the main villain. Yeah. Um, he was introduced in rebels, I believe maybe he was introduced in clone wars, but he's really a big part of rebels. Um, and I do like him. He's a fantastic villain. Um, of course he doesn't come in until like the sixth episode. 
Um, but uh, that's the whole, pr- he's really the whole driving force behind the show. Everybody's like the bad guys are looking for Thrawn to help rebuild the empire. Um, it, it definitely ends in a way to where you think there's going to be a seat. Like there's definitely setting it up for a second season. Um, and so we'll, we'll see what happens or they're setting it up for something more. And I've heard that actually may take form in an actual new star Wars movie. Uh, cause it happens in the same time period as the Mandalorian. So I'm hearing that they may have a actual movie that brings Ahsoka and the Mandalorian together. Um, so I don't know, like I said, we'll, we'll see. I didn't hate it. I just finished it. What would that have been Tuesday night? I didn't hate it altogether, but again, started strong, ended kind of weak. Yeah. I've uh, just kind of par for the course here. So that's Ahsoka. Uh, I got to move on here for sake of time. Uh, I, I put on here just as an honorable mention shark tank. That's an old show. That's been on for 15 years now. Right. I've been watching reruns of it and it's awesome because I love the show. I love the business entrepreneurial side of it, but I love watching a lot of these like specifically tech tech sector products of like 10 years ago that are nowhere to be heard of now yeah have been outdated or whatever um it's it's been it's been cool and they're actually just started their uh 15th season uh so shark tank's always a great watch all right zach let's let's do kind of a quick rundown here of what's coming up i think the most notable thing because it drops actually at time of recording it drops tonight so uh, tomorrow when you're hearing, watching this episode, it will already be out on Disney plus. And that is season two of Loki. Now I obviously, uh, I've, I've already sung some pretty strong praise of Loki season one. So I have a lot of high hopes for this. I am really hoping that they carry the momentum, um, it with Loki season two, but I don't think they will. I'm just gonna be straight up with you, Zach. I think they dropped the ball on this just like they did in Mandalorian season two. Um, And just because this is the trend, unfortunately, of Marvel now that they're with Disney. And it's been the trend of Disney overall, if we're honest. So I don't know about you. I just don't have high hopes for it. I'm setting my expectations pretty low, um, but I'm going to give it a watch either way. For for me, it depends on if they actually incorporate what happens in Loki and in the MCU. Otherwise, I'm like, why am I watching this? Like we talked about earlier, it's like, there's some series that they did, like She-Hulk. They have no business. They're, they're not even going to try to put that in the MCU. It's just like, oh, we just yeah. want to put out content and stuff. So it's like, here, She-Hulk. We did it horribly. Watch it anyway. So you're yeah. going to be able to tell, like, right off the bat, there's a lot of scenes that come to play. Um, if we're if we're, if we're we're recapping quick, um, um, what's her name? Female Loki killed Kang. Uh, and... Yes. And what we learn in uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie is that there's a whole thing of Kang, and they're all different. A lot of Kang. And there's yes. And I'm I, I'm wondering if they're gonna go in a different direction, or if they're gonna explain a little bit more, like what's going on, because the guy that was running the whole show is now dead. So it's like, where are we picking up? You know, are we, is somebody else taking over the TVA? Is somebody explaining yeah. like, hey, the TVA was just really one guy running everything who could see all his time at once, which is kind of like weird. Uh, can we explain time travel and time just as how it works in the SEU a little bit better? Um, yeah. Because it's like, oh, if you do this, then it starts a branch. And then like if the branch reaches this level, we go in and kill it. And it's just like... Didn't she go before that branch happens to prevent it from happening? And then, yeah. And so, um, it's really, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's really trippy yeah. 
you know, the, the whole premise here of Loki, because it is all about time and everything. Um, I will say, yeah, they better pick up where they left off. If, if you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, obviously you think they will, because what we entered to was, um, and this is why I think that Loki has to play such a big role in the MCU overall, because the phases, uh, they've made it really clear that phases five, six and beyond, uh, or I don't know how far they're going to go with it are very contingent on the concept of the multiverse. Right. Um, they've leaned into it heavy with Spider-Man No Way Home. And then obviously Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. And then they're even touching on it there in Ant-Man. And so it's almost like it has to be like, you have to make Loki a big part of that because at the end of Loki season one, we're entering into the multiversal war, right. you know, all the branches are, are branching off. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I just, um, I just, again, I've just learned to, 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 uh, set my expectations appropriately when it comes to, uh, you know, cause this will be the first, I'm almost certain this is the first Marvel series that's getting a season two. All the others have been one-off seasons. I'm almost positive. Right. On Everything else. Star so, Wars. um, yeah, yeah. And so again, all that to say, I, I, I have reasonable expectations, uh, but I'm going to give it a watch either way. I think it's a six part, just like season one was. I want to say it's a six part. If not, it'll be no more than eight parts. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but that's, uh, we'll find out like at, uh, what is it? Eight Eastern or eight, eight o'clock my time, nine o'clock your time tonight. Uh, it's that time of recording. We'll find yeah. out. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. And if in the first five minutes, it doesn't matter. In the first five minutes, we're going to be able to tell where it's going. And I'm going to text you and it's either going to be a good text or it's going to be, let me know how the rest you do of the that. season goes. Yeah, you should. You know, that's what we should have done. Know this this whole episode should have just been a live watch of episode. Yeah. One, you know? Should have been. Um, all right. So again, for sake of time, I'm just going to hurry through the rest of these. Uh, another one that comes out that is a Christian film uh, from Angel Studios, the same company that's producing The Chosen that made Sound of Freedom. Actually high quality faith-based content. They're really changing the game. I actually, interesting enough, don't have time to talk about this. I just got off a call with somebody from Angel Studios um, talking a little bit about what they do. It wasn't, I wish I could have like recorded it for the podcast, but I was just more curious. So that was pretty cool actually. Um, but uh, it's, it's a documentary called After Death. And what they're actually doing here is they are interviewing people who have died and die, you know, these people, people that die temporarily and come back to life, get shocked back to life or whatever. And what they experienced that's very interesting. That comes out Halloween weekend, October 27th. Um, here's another one. Journey to Bethlehem. Now, I saw, uh, I introduced to this for the first time at the Paw Patrol movie during the trailers. This is a this is basically the greatest showman, but the story of the birth of Jesus. Uh, so this is really interesting to me because I loved The Greatest Showman. I think it's an amazing movie. I think I love the musical element of it. Um, I know that a lot of people hated it, um, but a lot of people loved it. And I'm on the lover right. side, um, journey to Bethlehem. It looks like it, it and, and it's, I have some concerns of how accurate they're going to be. Um, because it's made by a guy who's was very involved with the show Glee, which was obviously a show that was musical. So it's not coming from like a faith-based company. It doesn't look like, so that kind of worries me. Like, remember the, sh remember the movie Noah back in the day with Russell Crowe, yeah. Um, there was Exodus with Christian Bale. Yeah. These wound up just being bad. like very bad because they weren't yeah. accurate. And so that's my concern, but I love that they're taking, it comes out in uh, November 10th. So 
getting into the holiday season. I love that they're taking the Christmas story of Jesus and they're making it a musical. And some of the songs, they previewed some of the songs, they sound pretty catchy, very Greatest Showman-esque, that Broadway feel. Um, they've got Antonio Banderas playing King Herod. So I think that's an interesting uh, uh, role. Uh, casting choice yeah yeah so i'm actually really bad guy i like it yeah yeah and he looks and he's like he's got some uh he's got a musical uh a part so anyways it's definitely uh definitely something i'm looking forward to so that's that's um that is uh november 10th also the weekend of november 10th the marvels uh which is a sequel to captain marvel as well as miss marvel the series they're bringing these characters together as well as a character from wandavision captain rambo there uh again just like everything marvel I got my expectations set appropriately, yeah. you know, Hey, we'll see. um, the, um, then there's a hunger games prequel, which I could care less yeah. about coming out November Same. 17th, but it's on the list. So I'm going to mention it. Um, then there's a new Disney animated movie called wish coming out November 22nd. Now I'm already hearing rumblings that this is just another woke joke from Disney. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Um, I'm going to, de- I'm debatable. If I'm going to take my daughter to see it, it will depend on what the actual reviews and feedback and critics are saying about that side of it once it gets released. Um, but, uh, it, it it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it yet. I've seen a trailer, you know, looks like an animated film and then, um, uh, Wonka, this is the prequel to Willy Wonka and the Chaco Factory, essentially the origin story of Willy Wonka, uh, played by Timothy Chalamet. Um, I don't get the hype for Timothy Chalamet. I think he's you okay. Seen Dune? I don't think he's that great. Dune is pretty good. I think he did um, really good. Yeah, I'm Dune. looking forward to Dune Part Two. Yeah, Dune's Dune's um, Dune Dune Part Two is uh, next spring, spring 2024. That's gonna be good. I'm pretty sure. I see. I, yeah, I, I like. Dune I saw Part Dune in theaters. Like, I I, I don't really. If a movie is is if I like it and like this is a mean movie, I'm gonna go watch it in theaters because that's something that like I want to go enjoy. Like some like like there's a lot of Marvel movies they put out where I'm like I'll just stream it. Um, I wish I did that with Thor: yeah. Love and Thunder. It was pretty terrible. Like, I wasted money on that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But when I saw the trailers for one of the few trailers, I never watched. The trailer. But if I'm in the theater, you kind of have to. You're a captive audience. Oh yeah, I saw it for for Wonka, and I saw like, oh, it's 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 uh, from Dune, and then I'm like, this could go a lot of different ways, and most of those ways I don't really think it. And like, if they try to Johnny Depp this, but because he's Calumet, I don't think I'm because he kind of gave off that like. In I love Gene Wilder's Wonka character because like he's he's well, of weird, but Who doesn't? Zane. And then you have Johnny yeah. Depp, who's creepy, and I'm and and then you see the you see the trailer for Wonka, and then Timothy Chalamet kind of does that, and I'm like, did you just watch Johnny Depp and then say I'm gonna do that? Because it's just kind of weird. Yeah. It's just you it, know, it, it it is, and I don't again, I don't know what I think about it because I I don't know, I'm I, I'm not really into this whole like oh let's make a spinoff forty years right. later. I, I don't or a prequel in this case. Of course, I say that, and one of my favorite movies I've ever seen is Top Gun Maverick, which is a 30-year sequel, but I don't care. It was awesome. Um, So uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. Um, It's coming out uh, December 15th. I don't know if I'll see it or not. There's really not a lot of options to see, sadly. Um, You know, what I just listed is about it. Uh, But that's about it. But but Zach, for for sake of time, I think we need to kind of wrap it up here. Um, But I'm 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 
glad that I got a chance to kind of review what I have seen, preview what's coming up. And we'll be back. Uh, I'll be back probably in about a month or so to talk more about maybe maybe I will have seen a couple of these. Loki will be a, 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 be a few episodes in. So, yeah, we'll, we'll more to come on that. But, um, yeah, Zach, thanks for joining me for this episode. Um, any, any closing thoughts as we, uh, as we sign uh, off in, in, what, five hours, I'm going to text you and either going to be, hey, next time we do this, I don't really care to talk about Loki or I can't wait till the season's over. Oh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I, again, I, I have, I'm managing my expectations appropriately, but I am going to at least, I'm going to at least watch it. And I guess that's all Disney right. cares about. So they're going to at least get that. They're going to get the, yeah. oh, hold on. We see, all we, right. Well, we hey, yeah. A prop bet as to whether or not they have the alligator Loki come back. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody loved that dude. I'm like, I wonder if they bring him back. Oh yeah. You'd think, you'd think they'll, uh, man, there's so much I need to, I don't have time to, but I need to rewatch it. I've seen, I've seen it twice. I need to rewatch the series yeah. again, but yeah, there, there were a lot of interesting versions of Loki. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, once again, Zach, thanks for joining us. Thanks for everybody else out there joining us, uh, for this episode. And uh, we'll see you in the next one right here on the must increase podcast. We are so glad you joined us for this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. You can connect with us online at mustincrease.com. And if you'd like a topic or question to be featured on a future episode, send us a text to 615-900-4461. Thanks again for joining us for this episode, and we look forward to seeing you next time as we continue to increase truth and inspire hope in the lives of others right here on the Must Increase podcast.